Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, a podcast on the FX television series Fargo. I'm Bill, and I'm here with my buddy Sharpie. Beep up boop. We like talking about Fargo. Do we? And playing. S- <laughs> we, when we do, we well, we're, we promise we're not going down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> That's the show. All I'm here's all I'm going to say. We we have a mask mandate finally. As you know, of now that we're leading the today. No, as of today. Great job, guys. As of. You know, you know when Peter Frampton, when Peter Frampton tweets about how stupid somebody in the Fargo City Commission is, you know you've made the big. Time. Wait, what did, did that really happen? I shit you not. I shit you not. <laughs> okay, pause. We're talking about this right now. We're talking about this. Yeah. Uh, resident uh, shitbird <laughs> Dave Pepcorn on the uh, wow. He he he. That guy he is taped. a true shitbird. Let's just. I'm gonna yeah. double pause and <laughs> and say that that guy's a. Bill is not joking. That guy is a real anti-science shitbird. Look him up. Yeah. There's video of him in the city commission chatting like a shitbird chats. Well, I mean, he he's sitting there telling everybody that masks don't work, that COVID goes through masks, masks are stupid, and our mayor is a doctor. And long and short, I think they made the decision because it went pretty viral and... Some people posted how to get in touch with the city of Fargo, and I think they might have crashed the city of Fargo server today because they were hitting That's it so hard. That's great. Trying to, I think so, too. Anyway, so I'm still in my basement. <laughs> Long story still, short, just, Bill's still in his basement. I am, I'm still in my basement. I'm not wearing a mask because I'm alone. I'm alone. <laughs> I don't have anybody. This is That's so not true. funny. My wife's a lovely lady. But now you, you okay, have a come mask on, mandate. Let's, so I have a mask mandate that has no repercussions, though. <laughs> so there's no fees, there's no fines. So oh, it's nice. just a, it's a, it's a really great rule that says wear it or else, or else what? And you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> or else you're just, a meanie, I out, dude. I go out, I go out of the house for two things, three things: the mail, bourbon. And groceries. That's about it. And sometimes I have those things delivered. So stay safe out there, everybody. I hope you guys are all doing well. This is not fun. Um, shall we talk about the birthplace of civilization? Episode five. Okay. So Fargo. we're here. Oh, Fargo? Yep. I, yeah, we got to get off the mask thing. We, there's enough, you know, there's enough turmoil. People are. I thought you were going to talk about Africa. Tuning into this for some. Nope, nope. Birth, the birthplace nope. of civilization, Fargo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we did get a tweet. Somebody asked if we knew, noticed that that was um, Monin, uh, the jazz number, Monin. And I did actually have that written down last night. I just didn't share it when we um, were talking. But great jazz tune uh, and is also based on our Twitter follower. And I believe he's right. I did not fact check it, so sorry. But um, it was also the soundtrack for that scene... <laughs> I actually have to just read this. It's so good. <laughs> was also the soundtrack of Ray Stussy's endless line of urine tests for people on parole in season three. Which oh, is really? True. But of course, that just got me thinking back to that that urine. Just the splattering urine was just <laughs> egregious. <laughs> miss miss those Stussy boys. Um, yeah, jazz club. We don't have to get into the deep color theory. They're just colored lights. It's just a fun club. Yeah. And the club is the club is the hoi polloi, I realize. Right. That's why the sign's in the background. I did not catch that at first, so I, I apologize for that. The club is named hoi polloi, which is a Greek expression 
Mm. So you'll see mm-hmm. Hoiboloi, uh, the signage on the wall. We talked about it a little bit in the hot dish. But yeah, Greek expression uh, means the masses or the common people. Um, and I found that kind of interesting because we're going to see some other Greek references throughout the episode. So, ooh, I'm excited for this. I did not, uh, I did not pick up on some of those. I it's possible I'm reading into everything way too much as well, which is my job. That is, which is exactly what we do. Yeah. I will say this: on my second watch, I found myself. I, I don't dislike the show. I'm not. I'm not trying to bag on it. But you know, sometimes you got you got to gripe, and I'm with you. Some of it was just too telegraphed, mm-hmm. too much paralleled to what we're trying to say or, or, or what they're trying to do. The, the subtlety was lost, and then I realized there was just a line of speeches tonight. Joe Stowe mm-hmm. gets to give a speech. <laughs> you know, Loy gives a speech. Well, then Loy yells at his wife another time. There was just a lot of, like, speechifying happening. I'm a little lost on some of this, so I'm hoping you're, you're going to lift, you're here to lift me oh, up. Oh, no. You raise me. That you're. No, that's your gonna, job. It's not gonna be like that. No, I'm, I'm just sorry. here for the quick banter. I'm just. <laughs> I'm still ecstatic about the Jackie Treehorn trucking. I that that made my night. They could have just ended the show, and I would be fine. After that, just show that. Move on. I'd be great. What what stands out the most to you from the club scene outside of just the? It's just another unfortunate example of. Um, police being in the pocket of the wrong people mm-hmm. and it would never have gone that way if Loy's people had gone to the police. You know, the police are in the pockets of the Italians yeah. or prior to that, maybe the Irish or the, you know, the Irish were all predominantly way back were, were you know, a lot of policing going in New York. Um, so it's just another, ex- I know it's just another example and it's just part of the story. They want to, they want to disrupt Loy's business, mess with him and, um, uh, they really wanted to get his attention, and I'd say half choking out one of his guys and you know sm- smashing his kid in the face is definitely going to get his attention. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I guess I didn't. I think the whole club scene is I don't know representative of a few things. It's um, Lloyd's son's sort of resistance to his father and wanting to be a gangster, right? Um, right. It is the way the police are a pawn of the white mobsters, or just just yep. as corrupt yep. with the white yep. mobsters. And uh, there's some police brutality kind of mixed in there. I think that's those were the three top and, messages and blatant, of that and blatant, scene. Blatant racism. The, yeah. You know, I mean, even the freeze the freeze Sambo line was was a lot. Definitely crosses a line. You know, it's like oof. You know, it's referencing a bygone time that should have been buried long ago yeah but did you did you find um i think you're right it does represent that you know that that um he's still acting out he needs to go to his jazz club and lemuel it was lemuel who took him to right the the club and you know there was some talk later in the show about like you shouldn't have been there there's booze there's terrible things going why did you have the kid there in the first place it was a bad idea Um, it's a bad idea he's got a target on his back just for being a cannon, but it's not that he's acting out really. It's just that he's being a teenager, you know. Yeah, you might be right, but I mean, he, he doesn't want to be just a, get a serious. But he just got a serious talking to about the danger of what it is, and somehow between he and Lemuel, they haven't, they didn't, they still don't 
they don't understand the uh, the eminent issue at hand with what's going on. But sure, the thing I noticed the most outside of the club was the scene with the um, the two brother, you know, the brothers out there. Mm. And I can't, I don't know if it's real or I'm imagining shit like you we do. I thought it very interesting that Calamita and Gaetano were standing together under an umbrella. Yes, they are. There's two umbrellas. And and the other guy whose name I don't know was just holding he was just getting wet holding it out of uh, over Josto. Yes, that's exactly right. And to me I looked at that as these two are definitely peas in a pod. They're they're paired up. They're mobbed up together. Mm-hmm. And and Josto well, seemingly running this little shit show outside the, the hoi polloi is not even noticing that these two other guys on, quote-unquote, on his team are clearly looking out for each other, sharing the umbrella, sharing the weight. Mm-hmm. And then we end up with the Guns for Loyalty war ties, which I feel is definitely setting something up for later this season. It's not just a nifty reference. You think Mort Kellerman's coming back, guns a-blazing? I do, because there was, I, I don't have it in front of me, because I didn't write it down, but um, <laughs> I love how he called them the eye ties. Yeah, you know <laughs> the what? Italians. I haven't heard that term before, which I guess is a good thing. Uh, no, are you sure? You sort of have heard it. If we're going to give our look, our little flair on this, sh- this show. Have you I? You know, our Fargo flair. Here's where you've heard it. Okay, hit me. Do you, how many people have you heard in the Midwest? When you ask them, you know, what kind of dressing do you want? Do you want uh, Western, ranch, Italian, and some relative? You know you have one. I do. They call it Italian. Yeah, they say Italian. Yeah, but Italian. Italian. And then I have to correct my relatives. I was like, do you go to Italy? But Italian, the word specifically is like a derogatory term as much as WAP is or some of those words. Probably. Because I did see it is, they literally had it as E Y E T I E S. Yeah. In the eye <laughs> ties. I think that's going around here, but but I do think, yes, I think the Kellermans are coming back because they said basically they had them on stand, you know, told them to be on standby. Yeah. So it's going to happen. They don't, they don't just, we don't, we're not going to see those uh, orange crate, <laughs> orange crate guns, guns disappear and not come back. It's, mm-hmm. it's a boomerang, man. They're Trust coming me. back on a Jackie Treehorn truck. So Jackie Treehorn, <laughs> which we've mentioned now a couple times and just kind of glossed over, is the pornographer. Yes. Well, he's like the yeah. porn filmmaker. The... Yeah, I mean, who else would make such great films as Log Jam? Yeah, in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Jackie Treehorn. Oh, now he's here to fix the cable. <laughs> what do you think happens next? I don't know. Maybe he fixes the cable. Don't be fatuous, Jeffrey. Sorry. We learn That's Maud Lebowski. That's that's Maud, Maud Lebowski's line from that part of the movie. We learn Otis is oh. a minesweeper. Was a minesweeper in the war. Did it remind you of just wasting time on your your PC computer playing minesweeper? I've actually never once played minesweeper. I don't even know <sighs> the rules. Can I you explain the word them to me in, in detail? It. It's <laughs> no, we're not doing it. Did do you agree with me that this uh this whole thing uh, is interesting that we can hear uh, two sides of a story over the course of 
over the course of this show because we kind of don't have any feelings about Otis, I felt. And once you hear the other side of it, you're like, oh, shit, that's crappy. (laughs) That's awful. We do hear the other side of it, but do we necessarily hear the end of the other side? It's still possible that that commander could have rolled up on Otis and still met his demise because of Otis ineptitude. Oh, I th- I think I think the ending is still the okay. same no okay. matter what. Okay. But I think I think the difference is one of them is that he's just he's weak and and just kind of cracked under the pressure of war, right? And the other one is, is that he was massively grieving from a violent death of somebody he loved. Mm-hmm. But either way, had to send the poor guy home in a tureen. That's what they keep the soup in. That was a very Cohen-y thing. Yeah. Where do you have to... You use a big word and then you have to tell the people around you what it means. That to me was my favorite moment of Chris Rock's character so far. Just the... You think? The purposely triggering some of his PTSD. Boom. 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 I thought that was powerful. That was one of the first times I felt uh, some of his rage, some of his like inner mobster. Chris Rock does naggy, snarky, pushy better than he does angry because I mm-hmm. think the scene where he was just yelling at his wife felt over the top. Yep, it didn't feel it didn't feel right. Um, I think one hundred percent. You make an you make an excellent point on that. I do also think the scene at the Smutney table was also pretty good too. It, it it vacillated between like this calm, like does he look like my son? And all I thought was, does Marcellus Wallace look like a bitch? Is all I thought of when he said, does he look like my son? Mm-hmm. When they're at when he's at the table with zero. Mm-hmm. I I, think... I like that scene. I like that scene quite a bit too. Those are two good scenes out of Chris Rock. Yep, that's more of uh, to me. It's more of the Joe Pesci mobster. Yeah, a little bit. Like the clown scenes mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I just feel like I lost track in this episode because of all the... I wouldn't call them a soliloquy because they weren't given off scene, but I just speechifying, you know, why... And then the whole, why would I fight for a country who wants me dead? And eventually he just is like, you know, stick to the deal. Mm-hmm. Hey, why does, da- why does Dick Deffy have such fancy weird yes, glasses? Yes, that's binoculars? what I was going to go right into. <laughs> tell me about it. Tell me about it, Sharpie. Tell I, me don't, I don't have a lot. I actually tried to find the specific model, but it's really hard to see with this uh, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones lighting here. It's really dark, really dark. <laughs> oh, I know, wasn't it? I turn the brightness up on my screen when I'm watching sometimes like all the way because I watch it on my yeah. laptop because I'm hoping I can just catch something else. But yeah, you caught that. I, I was cranked. like, is this some... Yeah, uh, I was looking for, uh, I was looking for 1940s, shit? 50s era hands-free binoculars. And what did you find out? Uh, I mean, they exist and they looked exactly like really? that. Really? Uh, no It kidding. is like a, something out of an old-timey spy shop. But you know what it made me think of, and perhaps okay. because... Oh my God, I just Googled this. They are real. <laughs> They're real. You Holy can buy them today. <laughs> Holy they shit. still make them. I, this is amazing. I've never been able to... I've never once even considered a pair of binoculars that you wear as glasses. 
And that to me I, sounds so fun. <laughs> uh, can you imagine, like, good sitting at a baseball man. game or something, wearing some of those? <laughs> well, I love that we both saw that, and I, I really, <laughs> I glossed over it the first time. Yeah. And, and I, I, I all I wrote down. This is exactly what I wrote. Down, I said, <laughs> Dick Deffy wearing some binoculars goggles. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I, I just great wrote, Caesar's ghost. Can we talk about Deffy's binoculars? <laughs> so, I, oh. yeah, I mean, that's it really. But if if you know, if you're watching it a second time, having known more yeah. about the future of the episode, what made me think of it the second time through was opera glasses. And... So there's a there's a couple uh companies that are pretty famous for making opera glasses and they are from Paris, which is crazy. Oof. Um because of all the we Paris do have, references. We do have a lot of Paris mm-hmm. going on. Um I actually didn't write those companies down. One started with an L, but they still make okay. opera okay. opera binoculars, but you know it's usually the typical opera binoculars you see with like the long handle that you hold in front of your face. Yeah, um, yeah, the ones from uh, Pretty Woman where she can't figure out that you flip it over. Yeah, if, I mean I don't have to reference all Lebowski movies. I can reference Pretty Woman, sure, because they go to see the pirate. She liked it better than the Pirates of Penzance. Mm. So yeah, I can quote Pretty Woman. Maybe maybe <laughs> just, they were just ruined. Maybe this. they were his opera glasses. And maybe we're, yeah. he's going to pull those out later to see um, Gaetano do a little opera for us. Or maybe he was there. Maybe uh, he. Maybe we'll see a, a time shift later on and we'll see the other side of that story and we'll see... Ooh. And we'll Ooh. see Deffy looking at Gaetano doing his little number across the street and slipping and falling on his ass. Just maybe. We yeah. don't know. Just maybe. Just maybe. Well, we we cut from that. I don't know. I don't think we have too much more to talk about Orietta. Uh, she's clearly going a little bananas because I can't tell if it's because she can't, because she feels like she can't kill right now or because she's going crazy listening to suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And she's just like, shh. It's, it's still creepy. It's creepy. Her banging her head on the and wall. She, I mean, she's but, doing a lot of chicken powder and who knows what else. Yeah. So I'm just going to leave that at that because I don't sure. know what else we're supposed to read into that. Do you? Not yet. Nothing. It's just they just want to let us know she's still that around. she's frustrated. She's still around. Um, Ethel Rita writing at her desk, I am going to just point out that very, very clearly, very clearly, the Statue of Liberty is in the shot on her desk. Mm-hmm. In, in in more than one shot. You know, when we do the reverse shot where we're kind of like, quote unquote, like, not quote unquote, like when we're seeing th- as if the wall was pulled away. But if you look on the desk as well, uh, stacked up on her um, her books, like at say like 934, mm-hmm. there is uh, an Eiffel Tower postcard in the stack of books. Yep. So there's also a I, do, I don't know what's I, I want to know more about what's going on with Paris. I mean, we I know we have something we can talk about in a bit, but there's a woman with sort of a graduation cap on. A white gown and a white graduation cap on her desk. And 
You mean the Statue of Liberty? Nope. It's opposite the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Although they are that, that from a from a, just a, that description I gave, yes, sounds like the Statue of Liberty. Yes. No, yeah, there's there is there is that is sitting there as well. And then in the corner that you can't see in the one shot, there is a little blue bear, and I swear to God, it looks like the Ham's beer bear. It really does. And Ham's is a beer from Minnesota. I don't know if it really is, you know what I mean? But just the fact that it's a blue bear kind of it's kind of got me going just on a minnesota mm-hmm. vibe if you don't know hams look up hams h-a-m-m apostrophe s beer and bear and you'll see and then then go back and uh i don't know what scene to tell you to check out my grandfather uh, was a big like- hams drinker i became a big hams drinker as of recent uh pre-covid pre-covid <laughs> um there's a you can't see a charpy there is a vintage hams clock sitting behind me right now mm. not joking I do see it. It's beautiful. No, you don't. It's because it's on the floor. <laughs> Here, I feel like I need to show it to you okay, now. Maybe I'll cut this out. Maybe I'll leave it in. Hold on. Bill's... Uh, back here. Oh, my God. He's wearing a robe. He's taking his robe off. Gross. Oh, that is very plasticky. Damn. Okay, I had to put it down. I'm not going to get it back where it goes. But, yeah, that was my, my dad. That hung uh, in his... House when he was in college in the sixties, hung in my house when I was in college, and then he gave it to me for my birthday this last year. Anyway, hams. That's it. Uh, that's so, it. Go drink, drink more hams. She also has. Uh, if we're just gonna talk about the random shit on her desk, I guess she has a classic pink mm-hmm. eraser that you would see in your school days. The best version of which is uh, the brand Pink Pearl. And Ethel Rita's middle name is Pearl. Oh my goodness! I love pink pearls. I had one of those. I had one of those in my little my pencil box at school. I had one of those bad boys. Mm-hmm. I did notice, and I wrote down. I thought it was Fargo, but there is the postcard on the wall with the picture, like kind of the the side of the mirror. It that also says Paris. So. Either somebody just had a lot of Paris postcards they need to just use set dressing this, or they're trying to send us a message. About Paris. So unless you want to reveal what what you came up with last night about about Paris and and Kansas City. Sure. I mean, I feel like this is something we should have known about from the very beginning, but I didn't. We're not. We're, we're, we don't go to no, Kansas City. This a lot. isn't Kansas City talks Fargo. This isn't KCTF. <laughs> this is KC Mo. <laughs> this is Fargo talks Fargo, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know Jack about Kansas City. I'll tell you that. Um, but just came across it kind of randomly that one. Yeah, how did this come up? This was this was post hot dish. You and I decided to chat a little extra, and I think you. We were it up. looking for ways to tie Kansas City to um the Emerald City in the Wizard of Oz. Yes, that's what it was. There are so many Wizard of Oz references as well, and we can touch on that a little bit. That's sort of like died down a little bit, but uh, it's in the back of my mind, trying to relate stuff here and there. Um, Still floating on it. We're we're thinking we got to focus. We think more on the book than the movie, maybe, or at least a little bit of both. Yeah. So started looking and making comparisons from Kansas City to the Emerald City, which there are a lot, and we can go into that a little bit later, maybe another show. Uh, but one of the nicknames for Kansas City is Paris of the Plains. Mm-hmm. Ding ding ding! We've got a winner. Yep. Paris of the Plains for um, I don't know. There's quite a few. 
reasons, I guess, but just because of the nightlife in Kansas City. Uh, it seemed like uh, it was just known for being a sin city within the plains area, Midwest. Is Kansas City? And the boulevards. Yeah. and Don't forget about the boulevards. And the boulevards. Why don't you speak to that? Well, it was just, that's that's what we looked up, is that it was, it that's what it has, is it's very, has this whole kind of boulevard lifestyle? I don't know, can I call it a lifestyle? A boulevard, a boulevardian lifestyle? Boulevard? <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you're describing boulevard oh. as a lifestyle, man, you've got to get out more. It's, I don't know, well, I'm just going to uh, I mean, go out to the boulevard and, uh, you know, hang out. Whoa, Bill. <laughs> Don't get too crazy. Oh, uh, yeah, just going to go to where the trees are, just past the sidewalk. Well, Bill, you I, can't go past I haven't the had any t- I haven't had any I haven't had any time to completely research this, but there was a book, oh, you know, sorry. I could have got into called uh Paris of the Plains, Kansas City from Doughboys to Expressways. Yeah. So, Kansas mm-hmm. City is only <laughs> second to Paris in the world for the number of boulevards it has yes yep and then you and i got into a weird discussion of what's the difference between a boulevard and a berm because i think the (laughs) definition of a boulevard is different depending on where you grew up yeah for some people it's the space between and okay also i'll give you my fargo perspective since that's what this show is about um yeah so for me growing up the boulevard meant the space between the sidewalk and the street. So there were basically two boulevards, one on each side of the street, although the one side didn't always have to have a boulevard, but it was a grassy area on the side of the street between the sidewalk and the street. To others, I've heard them describe it as more of a median where there's like a long, skinny sort of like park in the middle of one street dividing the lanes if you will. So those lanes then, I guess, would become parkways. That's what I would call them. Sure. But I'll go with that. I mean, it's all just, bottom line is, is you've, you've, got, you've got foot foot traffic, horse traffic, car traffic, whatever you want to call it. It's basically just a, a, a thoroughfare is a boulevard in a way. But here, here here's what I was going to say. This is from the Marriott. The Marriott. The, the Marriott. <laughs> uh, the Marriott. Marriott. Uh, Marriott's a fire. They have a little article. No, but I'm just saying from Marriott Bonvoy, the, the Traveler magazine, they had a thing about Paris of the Plains, and it says, During the 1920s and 30s, Kansas City earned a reputation for its raucous, raucous nightlife, won at war with pride. Mm-hmm. As America attempted to enforce booze-free morality during Prohibition, liquor still flowed like water in Kansas City's saloons and speakeasy thanks to political boss Tom Pendergast. Tom Pendergast. So yeah, TP Paris of the Plains. If you want to see some sin, forget about Paris and go to Kansas City. Wrote famed journalist Edward Murrow in 1938, comparing Paris gambling joints, brothels, and bars to the red light districts of Kansas City. And they did. It came with a vibrant jazz scene, jazz district, and cocktail culture. Mm-hmm. Ta-da. Kansas City, Paris of the Plains. So now we, we've got that. I mean, that's obviously it. Uh, but, I mean, we are really heavy-handed with these Paris references. Yes, we are. Because you know why? We don't know shit. Yeah. 
We don't know. We don't know. We're just guessing. So just two guys guessing. When Ethel Rita's talking to Thurman, her dad, and she's asking him yeah. about laudanum and basically confessing, you know, she found all this poison in Orietta's house. Mm-hmm. Her dad, uh, he really is kind of a aloof guy. I mean, he he tells her what it is. He's like a nice dad about it. He's like, oh yeah, well uh, that's a that's a painkiller, and it could be yeah, that's probably poisonous. Shouldn't, probably, probably shouldn't have it at home. Probably shouldn't. Well, good night. <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't have that at home. Well, good night. <laughs> Say hello to the Talk Sandman, birthday girl. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, Say some people. I know some people who are annoyed with the character, and I saw some joke somewhere about. Like which other hipster artist is going to show up next season if there right. is one? Well, I mean, he does really—he is kind of playing the role of a Lester or a Lundegaard, Jerry Lundegaard, uh, where he is. There has to be of, a dope. Yeah. yeah, he's just kind of dopey. And we—we've talked about, I think, offline a little bit that you know, if there are any references to the Wizard of Oz, that perhaps Thurman is the scarecrow because he's just kind of this yeah. lovable, aloof, aloof kind of going to get everybody in trouble type character. He means well, but exactly. boy. Dumb, dumb, dumber than rocks. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. And I, she just uh, tried to poison us, but good night. No, by the way, by the way. Yeah. I think she might've made a poison pie. Night, sweetie. Sam, man. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that. It was weird. It was weird. Can we talk about... Um, go for it. No, you go. Can we you talk go. about Rabbi and Satchel? Yeah, I was just about to say, let's do that. Let's do that. So, Well, tell me. You, you had something on your mind. Well, I'm kind of wondering about Rabbi's... The way he like wraps up his tea bag in his little cloth... Is that a normal thing? What do you mean? Why he like keeps a tea bag in his little handkerchief? Oh, is he just storing it for later? That's that's a good question. I now that you said that, it was like a passing thing, but now I just realized. Yeah, he took it out of his pocket and was like, "Here you go." Is he just of? He doesn't know if he's going to have to run and doesn't want to lose his tea. I don't know. Do you think he just reuses he may- the same tea bag over and over? Is this like a, a reference to like that he doesn't really have a lot? That maybe him and Satchel are like in this together and they're both kind of deprived of their allowance as part of this family? Yeah, there's just, like it, one it's tea something bag of a modest week or means. I don't know. Now you got me wondering about that. This is now you got me thinking, because you've got, um, you know, Josto goes over to that counter and does something as well too. It's like a people of modesty and people without it. And when I say modesty, I mean like they they know the value of enough. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, think about if we let's fast forward for a second and just kind of compare contrast it with. Um, uh, Gatano and Calamita in spuds and in the corner mm-hmm. Gatano is just keeps pouring chocolate sauce and is just basically eating the whipped topping off he hasn't even dug into it it's just like and then 
towards the end because he knows the value of measure. Uh, doctor takes the teaspoon, pours the sugar into the teaspoon, and measures yeah. it and stirs it into his coffee. Meanwhile, you know, the goofball in the corner is just like scarfing down. And, you know, I mean, this chocolate like sauce. That kid loves cake. Going all over the table. Yeah. He's, but I think that's, I think that's just a message of he's messy, you know. Mm. He, he's not. He doesn't think he's gonna get a tummy ache, and he doesn't realize it. Yeah, he is messy. I mean, he just he, he killed two people in that bar without thinking it through. He's leaving a mess wherever he goes. Basically, do you did you? I I I contemplated when I watched that the second time through. I thought, why did they need to do that? Like, why is that in the show even? like as if we did it really set the tone enough for us that oh he's a loose cannon we already know that and like why did they have to go to a like they couldn't find anywhere else to talk that they went into a place that clearly wasn't very welcoming to Italians do you know what I mean like what were they trying to accomplish they were like you know what let's stop at this random part of town and go get ourselves a something to drink and talk I mean maybe they didn't want to be seen talking but I don't know, you know, and then you got the Maria Callas opera playing from uh, whatchamacallit, I said it last night, but I've already forgot the name because I'm dumber in a box of rocks today. You're talking about Tosca? Yeah, which is tragic because all the people, you know, because it's a visa, I can't speak Italian, visa d'arte, which is visa d'amore, it's the, the, the love of art. And the love of loving art, I think, is what it is. But it's it's a very famous opera. But all three of the main characters in it are dead by the end of the opera. And I just that's why I thought, oh shit. But that's where we get the whole Charlie Chaplin thing, and another diatribe about what's wrong with America. Mm-hmm. But nah, I don't know. So let's talk about that opera I'm, a little bit. Tosca by okay. Puccini. Tosca. Um, we don't have Puccini. to go into it too deep because I've never seen it, but. I do know the story a little bit. So you have, sure. like you said, three three main characters. You have Floria Tosca, who's a famous opera singer in in the yeah. opera. She's an opera singer in the opera. You have the convenient, isn't you it? Have the Baron Scarpio, who plays a corrupt police officer. I think he's like a police chief. Yes, sir. So a corrupt cop. Yep. And you have yeah, yeah. Mario Cavadarossi. Cavaradosi. Cavaradosi. Just got to say it really Cabaradosi. fast with confidence. And he's a painter. Yeah, yeah. So, Floria Tosca and Mario. Floria and Mario are lovers. And they're sort of harboring this political prisoner who escaped from prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Baron, the corrupt cop, sort of is looking for this escaped prisoner, but he's really in love with Floria. And he's like, so he arrests Mario, and he's like, you're going to have to be with me, gal, or I'm going to kill your lover. And by the way, also oh, tell no. me where this prisoner is. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's just trying to gain his love and get rid of these other two guys at the same time. Long story short. Uh, In the end, everybody's dead, yeah. though. <laughs> they, uh, uh, Floria ends up finding a knife that was um, hidden somewhere. Kills the corrupt cop. The corrupt yep. cop who said he was going to fake Mario's execution so that he could live, so that, the, so that Mario could live and Floria could 
fulfill her promise of being with the Baron forever, and her former lover can go off and do whatever he wants later. Right. So right. Baron's now dead. Baron never really planned to. Baron Scarpio never really planned to do a fake execution. It was a real execution all along. So Mario gets killed by a firing squad. And once uh, Floria finds out that it was a real execution, as she's running around trying to find him, she jumps off a ledge and kills herself. So that's that. So I don't know if you want to take that little story of my kind of crappy synopsis <laughs> and try to relate that to Fargo in some way, but you can, you can kind of have that in the back of your head. Or if you want, go on the internet, read about it yourself, and see, hmm. Yeah, and it, it, and it took place in a time that was when... Uh, France was invading Italy. That's right. In the in the, in the Napoleonic times, um, so I don't know. It's just there's just all these things, and who knows if we maybe if we get a chance if we're lucky to talk to Maggie Phillips, the music supervisor, again this year, maybe we can ask her, and she's just gonna be like, "You guys are stupid. It's just a cool opera with Maria Callas singing because she's amazing." Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like, like that could be the whole deal, and we'll be like, "Well, remember that time we spent five minutes talking about Puccini?" Yeah. It's but, just a well-known opera, is what it is. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's beautiful music, you know. And there is something about beauty slammed up against disgusting, brood, you know, brutish stuff, which is Gaetano. You know, his dancing and flourish. Like, what's he so happy about? You know, you prick. Mm-hmm. God, I can't wait for him to die. That one's gonna be good. I hope it's good. I'm um, hoping for a steamroller. Sort of who killed Steve, Roger Rabbit Steve, style. Steve, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to make a correction. I'm skipping ahead. Uh, I said it's my friend thought it was uh, an E, not an A, and I said, oh, it means you exceed in a class. But the 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 you know the uh, closed captions don't lie. It's an A. She got an A in her uh, anthropology class. Ethel Rita did. Yep. So going back a little bit. Uh, we'll skip. Okay. So let's go back to Loy Cannon and the interaction with his wife. Yeah. So he was kind of a he dick. He was a definite dick. I mean, his wife is now concerned for her sons, both of them, because Loy mm-hmm. just keeps kind of taking them for granted, getting them in trouble with his business. Because he's willing, he's willing to gamble yep. them. He's willing to gamble that. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a dick, um, but what we learn in this scene is that the mother-in-law, Loy's mother-in-law, I'm assuming that's his mother-in-law, right? Because he wouldn't speak to his oh, mother. Oh, totally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, her name is Narcissa. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not look that up. Um, yeah, her name is Narcissa, and uh, this, by the way, is... The flower of the month for the month of December, and we know because it's Ethel Rita's birthday that is December first. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Christmas trees all went up. Yeah, because it's after Thanksgiving. Yep. So where did you, uh, that a Narcissa is also uh, could be related to or in reference to a daffodil. Sure. Um, so Narcissa, Narcissa comes from Narcissus. So this is from Greek mythology. So here's another Greek reference. So Narcissus is uh, like a, I don't know, was he a nymph or something? Do you know the story? Uh, I do. Admiring, yeah, staring yeah, in the pool. Yeah, who, who, you know, had all these lovers, but none of them ever, you know, like 
went into went on to anything and he just became so lonely and basically fell in love with himself after looking at himself in uh the reflection of a well the, the it, narcissus was a person that there was a nymph that tried to okay uh tempt him from his overly like self-absorption yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it you know like you're, you're you're overly enamored with yourself is that i think sure yeah. i mean he was just like over the top in love with himself which ultimately became his downfall because he just stared at himself all yes. day and starved to death essentially and his corpse rotted into the ground and out from that ground grew a bunch of daffodils um mm. so obviously that's where we get the word narcissist because uh, of that Greek mythology, you become overly, yeah, overly. Um, it's van. It's 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 a it's a deep form of vanity. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, staring at yourself. So I thought that was interesting that her name was Nar- Narcissa. I did not know that. I'm not they, sure if that will come snag. into play later, but so we've had Narcissa and Hoipoloa as two Greek references so far that we've seen. Uh, yeah. Well, so at the house, the other thing I, I, I keep, well, oh, wait, 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 uh, it's not that important, but uh, thinking of just trying to find random things, uh, if you watch the scene with Ethel Rita and Deffy in the school office, there's trophies on the back thing, and one of the trophies is casting a shadow, mm-hmm. and the shadow shows it's clearly a bowling trophy. Yes. Because I see Lebowski everywhere. That's just, that's how I, I do. I see Lebowski. I see Where's the fucking money, Lebowski? I, Sharpie, I still just feel like this show was just all over the place. It was just, it was the delivery of a lot of yelling or talking to's, you know? There, I mean, like, everywhere there's some sort of talking to or a statement about something. I mean, even, we haven't even talked that, we haven't even talked about when um, Josto goes to the prison to talk to the guys behind bars. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's what we got to talk about. When he keeps going ping, pong, mm-hmm. ping, pong while he's pacing. I did realize, is this a reference back to the lion in a cage? Oh, boy. From episode one? Yeah, interesting. I just, uh, and, and, you know, so it's, it's caged up. I couldn't figure out why did they close the windows? Why did they have to close the windows? Just to make, like, what was the... Purpose. I don't know, to make cool medley sounds? I don't know. But, you know, they have this whole conversation in there, and I, I think the most telling thing out of it is that Josto gets to deliver his whole speech about, you know, America loves a crime story. They just, you know, and they don't want it, just not from you. But I still think the most telling thing uh, to me from this whole scene was a Rabbi saying, tell him I'll keep the boy safe. And he said, well, you know, basically, like, why don't you return him? And he just said, you'll all be dead, you know. You're all going to die because he can just tell that they, they're going to get caught up in this whole thing. And somehow this guy, rabbi, who has killed his own father, betrayed people, has maybe somehow found, ooh, maybe he's found a heart. Oh. Is he, the, is he sort he's of the, the tin, tin man, man where he's finding, his, he's finding his own heart because he cares about this child? You nailed it. Well, that's a little early to say that, but... I don't know, dude. That's pretty good. Is he the one who's going to get a heart out of this? That's pretty good. Because I think he clearly... I think he clearly already has courage, so he's maybe not the... He's not the cowardly lion. He's, he definitely has courage. Um, uh, but he did... Yeah, he, he... 
killed his own father, had his whole family slaughtered. Um, so absolutely had no heart there. No. Now he's sort of found. Mm-hmm. He's taking a loving mm-hmm. to this guy. Well, Satchel, somewhere after that, if we're gonna for get him. back to a little he bit of chronological order, so is when the uh, Italians, but he doesn't Defy. like betray them either. And he actually has saved yeah. their butt a few times uh, with the uh, failed assassination attempt. Ooh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's tired yeah. of it. I think that's why he's and he's concerned about the kids studying a lot. Mm-hmm. I think you got it. But he did have that good line earlier, though. Like either you divide them or they're going to multiply. Mm-hmm. That's great, Bill. I love that. I'm sticking to that. So, yeah. So Rabbi is the Tin Man. <laughs> Thurman, so Even far, is the Scarecrow. Yeah. So who is finding the courage? Is that going to be Ethel Rita? Or, no, she's Dorothy, obviously. I think she's, 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 she's just too strong on her um, own. Yeah, but. who's going to find the courage? Or maybe Thurman is. <gasps> is Otis going to find courage because he's scared all the time? Oh, we're blowing this shit up. Are you guys listening? I... I've read I've read a few things that they're like they're people are disappointed a little bit with Jack Houston's character on here. You know, they expect more out of a guy who whose character escapes me. Um from Boardwalk? Boardwalk. What the heck was his name on Boardwalk? Oh, I don't remember his name. Richard Harrow. Richard Harrow. That's what it uh right? Harrow. Harrow. Harrow? The guy with the half a face. Harrow. Richard it was Richard Harrow. Hold on, I'm looking it up. I don't want to be don't want to be wrong. Click, click, click. Yeah, Richard Harrell. Oh my God, I totally forgot he was on Manhunt. He played Eric uh, Rudolph on Manhunt, other great TV show. Um, what? Yeah, what if he's the one who gains courage because he's he's constantly scared mm-hmm. of his fears, his fears, his anxiety, his uh, his need for control is all rooted in fear. Um, but what I was actually before I thought of that, I was going to bring up was. A, uh, his his Hummel collection. Oh my God! <laughs> I wrote this down. You will not believe the circles I went through when I saw that Hummel collection. So I was like, Okay, wait. Can, can we should we explain without going into the history okay. of the Hummel? It's just it's the little figurines for those who don't know. Uh, generally, of children. There are lots lots of times they're children. They're little figurines. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so go ahead. Like your, your ceramic you painted figurines. Well, I saw that Hummel collection, and they're worth a lot of money. Like people collect these, I guess. Did you? Well, did you have Hummel in your Hummels in your house growing no, up? I actually never. I did. You did. My grandmother had them. My grandmother had them. My mother had them. They are in my parents' house right now. What is the fascination with them? Well, tell me what you. Do you want me to? I mean, I know what they're from. I know when they started. Okay, let's go. They were created. They're based off characters. I don't know. Her last name's obviously Hummel. It's based off a nun. Or I, I, a nun. Um, I can't remember what order she's from. She might be from the Franciscans, or is she an OSB, Order of St. Benedict? Now, hold on. I actually, I'll look this up. Hummel figurines. Um, sister. Oh, she's OSF. Yeah, so she's Franciscan. Uh Sorry, former religion major, guys. Um, so she's a Franciscan nun, but uh, yeah, they they here's why they're there is that um, they came kind of of age in uh, they're 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 from Germany, mm-hmm. I yes. think. 
and they became popular because they were being they started to appear in like Germany and in that area. I don't know if it's Austria as well or Switzerland, but um, they started making them in that country and uh, people were bringing them back from the war. And so they, they, they became popular after the war. And yes, but they've become, they, <laughs> you know what, you know what I just want to say they are? They're like, but not as bad. There is a lot more artistic endeavor in them. They're like the beanie babies. Yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the 40s through, but I mean, they, they had a long running history. I mean, I saved up my brother and sister and I, and we bought one for my mother for a birthday at one point. I mean, I went to the, like the Hallmark store that used to have like beautiful figurines on the shelf and we bought her one. It's but so I don't, wild. I think it's, I couldn't figure out why he had them. If it's, um, you know, cause he said something to the effect of, Hey, that's private. Yep. It must've, I mean, it must've he, been he, his they're, wife's right. It, they're, it, they're like right at like a shrine to her kind of. Well, that's what I couldn't figure out if it's that, or if it's just something tender in him. I, I mean, and, and the, 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 Boy is, uh, from what I can tell, is a letter carrier of some sort. Hmm. So I don't know, and I just I found it. Yeah. Oh, He's here a I just man. I just I just it's a Hummel Postman No Box is what it's called. But yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe that's. I don't know. Uh, it's, I it's think just, you're right it's on just, this whole these, lion thing because it's showing like. How soft he is. He's got these little boyish figurines and uh, he's just kind of a little bit of a scary cat. Yeah, he's a softer individual, but I think it also speaks to the fact that he. So wait, did I say he's going to get a heart? No, who's going to get the heart? I already forgot what I said on this. this, this no, show Rabbi's getting, we, Rabbi has Rabbi's gotten getting, the heart. He needs the courage. Yeah, so, the courage. So he's already, he's already got some care in him. He's just caught up in the wrong shit. And he's, he's got a little moral dilemma exactly. as well because he's, but it's because he's scared. It's because he's scared. So I was paging through all my stuff and I was like, the Hummel, the Hummel, the Hummel. Where's the Hummel? I know the Hummel was here before. Where was it? There's, this is another reference. And I was going yeah. round and round about, and I was like, I couldn't find it. I finally asked my girlfriend, Audrey. I was like, Audrey, where, where is the Hummel story? Like, I know we've seen this. Totally got my universes screwed up. Better call Saul. Uh-oh. Better call Saul. Yeah. They steal the Hummel dolls. <laughs> yes, they did. You're, you're totally right. That is that is from Better Call Saul. I'm a, I'm a little bit behind on Better Call Saul, but I've seen that season where, yes, he steals the Hummel. Yeah. So I totally mixed up. Maybe it's you know, a crossover. It's, it's tough. It's tough. But he even, I mean, he even has this, he's even so jumpy, he can't even get three scoops into the coffee, mm-hmm. uh, into the coffee pot when he's kind of trying to make them. I also thought it was weird. He's hyper, hyper, hyper organized, right? He, he, he touches the Hummel, that's private, and then he touches it and wants to straighten it. But then he sits down on that um that uh, chair in his kind of kitchen area, and the ashtray is just overflowing with cigarettes. Oh, which yeah. to me is is an interesting note that that there's just there's some parts of his life that are um void of of this need to tidy. You know, it's it's one small thing, but it's still I don't know. It's still there. I mean, all the coffee cups are, you know, he's got the, the plate rack. Everything's hung. There's five, 
There's five mugs. He has five hats. I I noticed mm-hmm. when uh when he hey Palomino open up. I don't know why he called him Palomino either. I haven't he figured keeps that calling out. Him. Ooh, look that he up keeps right calling now. him Palomino. He called him that when yeah, they met. Yeah, but why? Why does yeah? Why does? What is that a horse? What is five? Because is he a workhorse? Okay, wait a minute. I don't. Can we? Should we just make everybody bear with us? Like, hmm? what is the fifth astrological sign? Is, do they put them in order? Uh, I don't know. If there's what if order. What if the five we're seeing for him is makes him a Leo, right? Oh my God! It makes him a Leo, which oh is a lion. Oh my God! Son of a bitch! Son of a bitch! Sharpie nailed it. Nice. <laughs> That felt kind of good to do that live on the show. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Five is a little because there's five coffee. He's there's five coffee. Five co- hats. Wait, there's five little uh, figurines underneath the picture of his wife. One, two, three, four, five. They're all. Oh my god, he's the lion, son of a bitch. Yep. Gee, gee, dang it! I love the times I choose not to swear. I wonder if they'll hear me typing feverishly when I did that. I was like fifth astrological sign. Okay, this makes me want to go back. And so, who did we say is going to have a heart? What would be the astrological sign for a tin man? Is it the, <laughs> who wants the brain? Scarecrow. Ah, man, I just really haven't. Scarecrow wants a brain. So, tin man. There's no tin man. There's no. There's, there's no, no scarecrow. Tin. Metal. I don't know. There's some math involved there, but we'll figure it out. I'm. Ooh. I'm. I'm feeling way more positive on this yeah. now like i just i want to i want to take to twitter right now and be like declare to the world what i just figured out see we're no, not always crazy dude we're not crazy we we go down these weird holes and i mean people don't know this but sometimes we edit out a few random things or just stupid pauses or me burping yeah no we have to edit out a lot of bill burps bill burps bagging that's not true that's what we call them I just want to end the show now. <laughs> well, we have to like talk through it. That's what the show is about. That's how we figure this stuff out. We have to talk through it together. I just know I want to leave the wild speculation for them. So they've like, here's a sandwich. Chew away on it. Tell us what you think. Am I, have I gone bananas? No, you're right on. Yeah. So Deffy's interaction with Ethelreda at the school was pretty sad, I think. Just more uh, systematic racism going on. Um, he goes on a little bit of a tear. So immediately when Ethel Rita walks into the principal's office at 3.31 p.m., right on time, I'm guessing school ended at yes. 3.30, and the secretary yes. was like, I, you know, from the, fir- from the second I laid eyes on you, I knew there'd be trouble. So immediate racism right there, most likely. Um, yeah, because he's a... Jackass. Yeah. You mentioned the bowling trophies in the office as she walks in. There's also a painting behind her that's off over her right shoulder, which I was just, I was so desperately trying to figure out what painting that was. So if you're listening and you recognize it, I couldn't find anything. It's very, it, it does look like it's a little bit of a Napoleonic era. It looks like there's possibly sure. like a French-ish soldier on the ground, but again, it never comes into focus. So really tough to tell on that one but maybe somebody else out there knows so that's something i'd like to know a little bit more about but De- uh Debbie goes on to this he really tears into uh ethel Reed a little bit as he's shaking the tree in his words um 
But he says something that really stuck out to me, which is going to bring up kind of a, a, a crappy thought. Um, yeah. So he's talking about, uh, you know, her, her, you know, family. And he says, I know their family. And I know they're on the north side of town. Colored folks talk about us versus them. And we got to stick together and what have you. And he's like, you've got to sure. act in a civilized manner. So a, a couple things there. Racism, obviously. Um, he mentioned mm-hmm. something where he says, and I know they're on the north side of town. So I don't know much about Kansas City. And if you're listening and you do know, you'll probably know more about this than I do. Uh, maybe you know. Bill. Yeah, square us up on it if we're squared up on us if we're we don't know what we're talking about. We're you know we we don't know everything. Well, there was well I know a guy. Uh, you know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. And uh, so I'm gonna try to leave yeah you know, as many details out of this as I can. But he his brother-in-law is a police officer and in that area. And up until the 90s, um, their tickets. The police officers' tickets that they would fill out, you know, as a routine traffic stop or whatever, would have a check a sure. checkbox on them, and that checkbox just said N N R. Okay. And they could check that box if the person they would check that box if the person was an African American because what that stood for was N word North mm, of the that River. Was that was on the ticket. No. NNR. North of the oh, river. God, we're, um, we're awful people. Because in this country. that's where a lot of the African Americans lived. North side of town, north of the river. Um, super messed up. That, yeah. you know, systematic racism, you know, has always been here, still exists. Mm-hmm, I know we've mm-hmm. been complaining about it, how it's so heavy handed in the show, but it's true. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, I I hope people understand. We're not saying I don't want to hear about it because we're not sympathetic, right. empathetic, all of the things to it. We're just, I, I just sometimes it's so it's everywhere. I just it's because we're 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 viewing it through the an artistic lens. I just don't need it to be as telegraphed. Like I got it. I know. I want you to. I want the message to maintain and be clear. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to see it. and I want to know, it, but you don't have to make such. Blatant references to the obvious, like even the even the even the pussy take the money, get the pussy I want, and I could be president. I'm like, you didn't need to do that for me to figure out that we're in a shitty place right now. And you know why? Because it's it. when when it's that obvious, it's boring. It just, I think that I think that's what I mean. That's you're right. I mean, we're not we're not mad about it, but I. Oh wow, NNR. NNR. Yeah, uh, that's I did up. also have one. I have I have one random thought from my well of stupid knowledge, just dumbass knowledge, and I don't even know where the facts to back it up. I just know what I've seen, and so Google it or look it up and tell me where I'm wrong. I'm not going to do it right now. Um, we even had a reference to Egypt earlier and um, the Sphinx. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I don't know if do you, do you pay attention to Egyptology or any of that. I used to be kind of fascinated with it when I was younger. I mean, I watch um, Ancient Aliens, so yeah. I don't watch that part. Mm. That, I'm talking pre-Ancient Aliens. Anyway, um, you know, much of history says that it, that's not always the way it looked. It was originally a lion head, because if you look at the proportions of it and, and the, the face on it and the size of the lion, it's clearly been 
recarved. Mm-hmm. But if you put what would be a proportioned line on there and you back up the the stars, you know, like you back up through time, if you were like reverse it on like a night sky thing, eventually Leo lines up perfectly in the shape of the Sphinx. Really? Yeah, it's really it's really quite neat. I mean, there, there's a lot of astrological star things, but I just thought that's another little tie-in between Leo and mm-hmm. and Egyptology because we we mentioned that right was it King T- Tut that was mentioned mm. between Ethelreda and she said yeah he's just laying in there and she's like well he's dead yeah he's not he's not living in there and uh, in that talk with Debbie Ethelreda mentioned that um, she's from the birthplace of civilization and that they, in fact they mm. both are from the same green sub- damn right green uh, savanna. And oh, that color shit coming back in on us, right? Many, like even Egypt, um, uh, back in the time of the Sphinx actually being a lion, was green at the mm-hmm. time. Yes, which many people don't think about. Thanks, global warming. Thanks, Bush. <laughs> yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> Talk about wholly and entirely unrelated. Wait, are you drinking a Coke Zero right now? Did I just see you? Sure am. Mm. What happened? Are you okay? You're not drinking your like Pomplamoose. I'm out. I'm out of La Croix. Sparkly water. You're ooh, you're going you're going full on fake saccharin. Yeah, well, Coke Zero <laughs> is the best soda if you have to drink one. And I need the bubbles, man. I can't get soda stream shipped to my house. Oh yeah, the, the pressurized cans, probably. Yep, it's the pressurized, pressurized stuff. Okay, I feel like we got to work towards wrapping it Let's up here. Wrap it up. Um, we we're we're missing things, folks. We know, but there's just so much in here. There's the baby in the box and mm-hmm. the no consigliere. Here's something I noticed that I'm I couldn't get it out of my mind. Oh wait, 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 wait. Wait, we have baby in the box. Yeah, we no, have no. Uh. No, so here's what I can't figure out. I can't figure out if it's going to come out later. Twice, twice in this last scene before. Oh my God, Glenn Turman, you, you beautiful fucking. Oh my God, how have we not Uh, talked about? I'm going to miss you. I'm so sad. Still, I'm so sad. Um, I'm just. He he is. He is undeniable in every scene he plays. There, you. If you have a freaking complaint about that man's acting on this show, you're bananas you i could i could listen to complaints about chris rock i could listen to complaints about gatano i could listen to jason schwartzman but i'm sorry glenn turman magical the man owns every word he's saying in my opinion but something stood out to me last night and even more today the diner's empty how did they get all the people gone and it was so uncomfortable right Mm -hmm. and i'm really sorry i'm forgetting her name he eventually settles in for a second. Like, he's like, I'm not going to let you scare me. And I mean, Calamita's, you know, he's pretty damn good in this scene. The guy that plays Calamita, mm-hmm. whose actual name is Gaetano <laughs> in real life. Um, I just forget her name, the, the, the waitress. Um, she greets him and she has this look on her face of like just total despair. Like, they know each other. There's an affection between them because it's his regular spot. Yeah, she's like Cup of Joe Duck. Her name's Nadine. Thank you, Nadine. Mm-hmm. So eventually, when he says, "You know what, Nadine, I'll take that cup of coffee," they—I mean, there's a reason. I, there has to be. 
she's so uncomfortable because she's like, you need to get yeah. out. You need to go. And he takes it and he just says what he wants to say. He has this measured ounce of real talk. He has a measured like teaspoon of sugar. But what really caught me was at the end, if you go back and watch, after he gets that cup of coffee, he stands up, he thanks her, and he holds her hand. He knows. Like, he knows. Mm-hmm. And I just realized, I mean, I sort of knew he, it might be a thing, but this is, you know, in a way, she's the closest thing to p- people he's got right now. And he's, I think he knows. He knows. He's just That's saying, why he's having the careful cup of coffee. He's, ex- he's literally extending his life right he now. Just, but God, he, he puts that money in her hand and he holds her hand for so long. And she is just, what's... Go, if you go back and look at it, he is staring at Calamita the whole time. He says something to her, and then he stares at him, and she's staring at him, but he's looking at Calamita, and he walks out, and Calamita taps on the table. Gatano puts the cherry in his mouth, that big fucking chode, and then, and then boy, they, they, sh- they frame that. You know, Dana Gonzalez framed that up really well. You don't know who came out the door, what it was, but he gets... He gets bada-bing, bada-boomed outside. And interestingly enough, um, Sharpie, if you will, just indulge me for a minute mm-hmm. just from a standpoint of interest, um, framing a shot. If you go to like 54, 56, maybe you don't have it pulled up. This building has this weird pointy thing on it, and it's a little bit maroon. And if you look at it, uh, Calamita and this thing kind of make a double-pointed thing that's just interesting visually, just cool. Um. Right, right at fifty four, fifty six when he shoots him. It's just, it's okay. just a, I'm looking it's at just it an right interesting now. thing. But, but on the funny note, uh, if you go to, <laughs> eventually, <laughs> eventually, uh, Gitano comes out. You know, and they both kind of hover. Go to fifty five, fourteen, and pause. <laughs> and, and it's all Dick Deffy for me. I'm trying to make light of the fact that I'm so sad Glenn Turman's gone mm. this early in the season. What do you see at 55-14? 55-14. Bear with us. Okay. Yeah. Puds. Yeah. Puds all. <laughs> yeah. No, just puds. puds. Two puds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, I don't know if that's real or accidental. I mean, if said someone needed a pud tugging, is this said place for getting your pud tugged? Is that what he said? Pud tugged? <laughs> Yes. Oh my God! So they're just saying, look but at these two but dicks. But here here's the two of them. Look at these two dicks, puds. Couple of puds. I don't care if, even if it's an accident, I don't give a shit. I love it. <laughs> and then I will say, uh, if we bring it back down to reality, the the look on Chris Rock's face when they cut to Chris, um, he's devastated. Oh yeah. I and I think how sad that he laid in the street as long as he did, but that, that because of who they are and the state of affairs and the, all this stuff that, that, that poor Dr. Senator has been laying in the street the whole time. It's, it's fucking awful. I hated it. I hate it. Yeah. The cops were nowhere to be found for hours. No, no. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> no joke. 911 is a joke, right? You know, I just, not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to uh, some old school Public Enemy. Listen to that song, bring me back to my junior high days. But, oh, gee dang it, 
Leo, at least we got that out of the yeah. show, right? Yep. So we're narrowing this down. Jeffy's got a pin on his tie, by the way. He's got a couple of them, so keep your eye peeled for that and see if yeah. that might be some sort of symbolism going on. It's like he's got an arrow um, that's pointing to his right. So that's something to think about. Hmm. I, there will be no redeeming quality in him, though. No. Nope, I don't think so. He's not because that's just well, it's just not part of the arc of this season. Yeah, we're we're not gonna have we're not gonna have a marshal or a police. Right. By the way, if you want to see if you want to see the bowling uh, figure, you can pause at forty two fifty seven. If you have a unedited, like you pay like Sharpie and I pay, we pay for the show on uh, iTunes or whatever your favorite. Pla- I just said iTunes that doesn't exist anymore. We pay for it on Apple. Uh, one other mild side note. Um, Truman's on the radio at one point. Yep. He's in the background, uh, and there's a sign in the office of, uh, <laughs> um, what do you call it, uh, about getting your smallpox vaccine. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you got me really hung up on this painting, by the way. It's a little late in the show. I'll, I'll chime in on it, or I'll tweet it eventually. You got me really, really hung up on that. I'm looking at that painting, and I feel like I know it. I, I, I just can't place it. it it's... I mean, if there's some people out there that know art, I'm guessing they'll know it. No, but I mean, I've seen this painting recently. Mm. I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know, Sharpie. What do you think is going to happen next week? I mean, outside of my sadness continuing, rest in peace, Dr. Senator. Sorry I fucked up your name earlier this season. I did not give you the respect you were due. You are not Milos Stavros Stavros Milos in any way, shape, or form. Mm, no, that's a fact. Um, this character is 20 times better than the Grocery King. Yeah. Way better. So we'll probably see... We'll definitely see some retaliation from Canon Limited. I think we'll see about 100 of those guns ablazing. Not quite the full 300 yeah. yet. A hundred horsemen. No, I think that's gonna that's gonna we're gonna have to wait. Yeah, I mean this is like us waiting mm. like in the original season for you know, we, we wanted this gun shootout for a while, but yeah. If we're making predictions, I, don't I know. think the I think the Wizard of Oz stuff from tonight was great. I think if we have Thurman and we have Rabbi and we have um I'm way more I'm way more solid we're, on we're at, we're, Otis yeah. right now. Otis is where I'm the most solid, I feel for like. For sure, Ooh, without a doubt, I, Otis is like the most locked in. Um, but I could also see those three all becoming somewhat heroes-ish in the end, along being led by Dorothy, or not Dorothy, <laughs> Ethelreda. Ethelreda, yeah. With Orietta being the Man. witch. Oh, I think she yeah. is. I think that, I, I think she, she has to be, uh, uh, it's the... You know, and we've, and so we've seen, so things we're, things we're going to continue to pay attention to is Wizard of Oz referencey things that cross pollinate with, um, French and Greek cultures mm-hmm. along with Italy. Uh, we've had, we've seen Gemini. Now we feel like we're seeing Leo. Uh, I really feel like I might need to go re-examine a few episodes on, on a high speed playback. There's a reference to Sagittarius um, because of, there's uh, res- Sagittarius birth- because of Etherita. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I I just wonder what else we maybe could have missed that we're now you know realizing. But 
I mean, and we haven't even tried to connect all the color theory. Yeah, let us know. Uh, at Fargo Talks Fargo on Twitter is great. And we appreciate all of you writing in. We get all sorts of stuff. We don't always have time to respond to everybody. So just because you don't hear back from us, please don't think uh, we don't appreciate We do you see everything. In. We see everything over time. But, um, you know, this is our, you know, I, there's this thing called Patreon people have where they like get paid for what they do. We do this. There's no, there's no, we started with sponsors. We just do this. Sharpie and I just do this. There's no. We maybe you could give us a rating. Have, <laughs> yeah, give us go to if you're listening in podcasts, please go give us a rating if you're into that. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We don't engage on the Facebook page a lot. I apologize for that. Um, actually, I don't apologize for that. I just we're just not doing it. I have too much going on, and Facebook's kind of a ugh, yeah, it's a black hole. So is Twitter sometimes too. But um, boy, oh boy, Sharpie, that was a good one. It felt good towards the end. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, Sharpie, everybody else, we'll catch you uh, next week. Okay, bye for now. Well, holy cow, we're still not done. Because hey, we're still here, guys. We're still here. Just kidding. Usually, we wrap up a recording. Uh, Sharpie uploads a file, blah, 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 production work. I, it takes me a couple hours to uh, do some cleanup and edit. Because we want to give you guys, most of the time, the best of ourselves. But uh, Sharpie and I discussed and think this needs... I said, I'm just... We, we've we been racking our brains over this uh, Wizard of the, Oz thing, right? Yeah, the Wizard of Oz stuff. We just... You know, you can't put everything into the show or our talks... Our talks go on for hours sometimes. And nobody well, wants I feel, to listen to here, all let's, that. Let's so, give them a tiny peek. We We used to have shared show notes. Going into episodes, season one, if, you, if you've been a follower for all seasons, we had a shared Google Doc, so I could see you typing, and it was like kind of frenetic some days we'd be recording, and um, we, we did away with from that, and we somehow mm-hmm. have moved to a thing, right? Was it, I think it was even during season two, Sharpie, we just, just because of our schedules and timing, it didn't work. Yep. We don't talk about what we're going to talk about, barely at right. all. Right. There's very few text messages between us, so whatever you're hearing is... It's on the fly, which is also what makes it terrible sometimes, or good. But um, tonight we stopped recording, and yeah, we were kind of banging around this frustration of, I can't figure this out, and I can't keep things straight because I'm a dipshit sometimes, and Sharpie keeps me on track. Eh. But so, so uh, uh, Thurman, we think, might be, he needs a brain. He's close to Ethel Rita's circle. And all of this is cl- coming closer to Ethel Rita. So anything is in her circle. Um, yep. I, had my revelation. Brain, so I had my revelation Thurman. about Leo being Otis. Might get some courage because he's clearly scared. Boom. As you Boom. pointed out, great scene. Um, he's scared. He, he literally tremored at, at the thought of that. Um, and we think that... Um, Rabbi. 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 Either, you, yeah. So, so go far ahead, right ahead. now, Rabbi's in the running for Tin Man because Rabbi's getting the heart. He's, he's looking after Satchel. He's, he's, we, this is a yeah, man he, that, this is a man that had his entire family slaughtered, killed his own father. At, at some point in time, he was like a ruthless killer. Now he's sort of gaining this heart, washing out for this boy. He yeah. himself is an outsider. Um, so Rabbi's in the running for the Tin Man, the one yes. after the heart. But we also have 
can I can I say something too? Sure. He, he was the tin, you know, in the. So we're playing back and forth. We don't know the book as well. Neither of us are huge fans of the movie, but he was the Tin Woodman, which is why sometimes you will see him with an axe mm-hmm. because he's the Tin Woodsman, yeah. the Tin Man. Um, and and, and so Sharpie and I, and correct me if I'm wrong, or I'm jumping to something that I'm well. Off well, on. hold on, since we're yeah, still on the Tin please, Woodman, right? Please go. Yes, I was. Uh, I was going to talk about the hotel. Okay, you want to bring yeah. that? You want to? Nope, you bring ahead. that? You bring it up. Bring it up. Well, Bill pointed out that there was an axe in the new Paris on the wall, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I said it's been bothering me. It's been bothering me, and we didn't talk about it. We've said this tonight. We we can't talk about everything we see, or this show would be two three hours long. And that is what I would refer to as a Maggie Phillips episode. <laughs> it's still so. It's still possible. Like we haven't like. Everything didn't quite click as well as it did with Otis and Leo and Courage as it does with the rabbi and finding the heart in the woodsman. But we still do have, like, Swanee and Zelmer could be in the running for to the To be woodsman. that. Or, yeah, or that but, hotel is a place of something. But I'm Because they're both fairly ruthless. They're not playing the game. They're not criminals. They're outlaws. You know, they're both pretty hardened, right? Yes. Right, right now, so they they definitely could gain a heart at some point in the show, and it would I not be up. unlike Fargo to have two characters be personified <laughs> or be, uh, you know, related to one symbol. Uh, I'm having a hard time because I don't think it's them. I'm okay. reading stupid things. There, it there's does, this it whole Wikipedia. No, this not... the Wikipedia page is talking about the Tin Woodman used to make his living chopping down trees, as was his father before him. Which to me points to <laughs> Rabbi. His father before him was this. He was this. But the bottom line sure. is we had a random thing, and this is why we decided to roll tape again. I just said roll tape. Right. So we're we're making these references. We're we're narrowing it down. Uh, yeah. Who, but I think the who, biggest revelation. Who the hell? Right. Yeah. Who is the Wizard of Oz? Right. The man behind the curtain, the thing you think it is, but it isn't. It's you think it's beautiful, but it's really just some. The maybe, and I don't know. We 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 got to look back at the Wizard of Oz, like the the fat the the wizard the who the the person, right? Sharpie, is that what we were talking? We it it this happened really fast. This is very out of character for us. Oz the Great and terrible. And I said, and I think Sharpie is in agreement, right? Yep, of course, one hundred percent. We have been talked and and prodded with this all year the wizard of oz is america up front everything looks beautiful you pull back the curtain it's it's limbs and awfulness and stealing and holding up the wrong things and i know that's not completely straight out of the wizard of oz but that's the bottom line is that there's this this unfortunate thing pulling the levers of the world and but it's presented as the emerald city and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and that's why we're back on. We we want to just get it on record that we think, right now, that the Wizard of Oz is actually America. That's right. Well said. <sighs> all right, man. <laughs> Until next time, it's on the let's, record. Let's see if let's try get it. Let's try get it all in one episode. One recording so much session. stuff with this show, man. There are so many layers. This is the downside of you and I. We really don't talk about this. We don't plan it. We don't plot the show. There's no show rundown. It's so for all the chaos we produce, we we do appreciate you guys. Uh, and and this is this is what happens with us. So, all right. Goodbye. <sighs> Good golly, man. Time. All right, man. I'll talk to you Sunday. <laughs> all right, later.